Hey everyone, Mike Rappin, host of the I Read Comic Books podcast here. This week, our show is a mini-sode all about X-Men featuring myself and Kate. Spoilers for X-Men Gold, Blue, Prime, and more. Lots of X-Men spoilers in general, so be prepared. Don't forget, we have a quick survey with a giveaway going on for the next five weeks, so head over to ircbpodcast.com survey and answer a few questions about the show. We'll give you, you know, a gift card or something. You'll see. Take the survey and you'll find out. Now on to the show. This is a very special mini-sode for I Read Comic Books. I am Mike Rappin, and with me to talk about the coolest thing in the universe is Kate Scotchless. Hello. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like <laughs> geeking out, because we are here to talk about the X-Men and everything that there is about the X-Men. I, I feel like I've you know gone off my rocker at least a half dozen times on this regular show talking about the X-Men, and eventually Kate has said, you know, we have to do a mini-sode to just talk about all things x-men so we're gonna somehow fit that into 30 minutes and i don't know tall we, we gotta, <laughs> yeah, I know. it's it's funny because like kate put together this doc of everything she wanted to talk about and it's like a thousand questions and i'm like this is 10 <laughs> to 12 hours worth of content right here but we picked a couple choice questions and thoughts and things we wanted to talk about so to be i guess to start I know, Kate, you said you read X-Men Prime, which came out pretty recently, which has been kind of like the sum up of post-IVX that happened, the big event where the Inhumans fought the X-Men. What did you think about that as someone, correct me if I'm wrong, if someone who hasn't been reading like all of the X-Men books and Inhumans books that have been going on? Oh, yeah. No, my last uh, X-Men book was Death of X. And when that minisode ended, or not minisode, we're doing a minisode, uh, miniseries ended i was like thank god and ivx was starting and i was like nope so oh wow that's where i, I, I had left off i guess i thought that you were reading at least ivx because of no. like the way the death of oh man okay no whoa okay. I, by, the, okay. by the time like death of x didn't get dropped because with a four issue mini you're just like i can't drop this but by by three i was just like let it end i was not into <laughs> it at all um, oh wow! And before that, I had started Extraordinary X Men. I had read the first arc of that and also dropped that. I was not super into it. I, okay. The the perennial uh, disclaimer for me is always just because I drop a book doesn't mean it's like necessarily a bad book. I have really limited slots, just budget wise, for what totally how many books I can read. And so in, if it's not blowing my mind, it's probably getting dropped. Just for you know, I can't have a whole bunch of books in my pull. Right. And that that totally makes sense. I think, oh man, that just, it's so, like, there's so many things that, like, happened between Death of X and IVX. And this is, like, the way that the X-Men go is a million billion things happen and you have to keep up with this monstrous continuity. Or at least I personally think, like, you get lost in things. I remember I didn't buy a certain run of X-Men for a little while because I was like, they're turned into vampires. That's stupid. (laughs) And I did, because that's literally what happened. And, uh, and then I remember I came back and I was like, hold on a second. Wait, Jubilee's a vampire and she stayed a vampire. What, what is, what does that even mean for the next book that I was reading? So, so as someone who, you know, you read the extraordinary X-Men, you read, or the first arc, I should say, and then you read death of X. Like, what did you think of X-Men prime? Which was essentially like the sum up of the aftermath of IVX. I 
I really liked it. I thought the art was really solid. And then as someone who hadn't been following for a while, I had no trouble understanding what was going on. I wasn't sad that I missed any of the stuff that I missed. I mean, I decided that I had no interest in reading about their struggles with the Inhumans. I mm-hmm. I don't care how hard Marvel tries. I will never be an Inhumans <laughs> fan. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. And they push it so hard, but it's just not happening for me. Except yeah. for Miss Marvel, but that's a whole other issue, and that's not like the team book. But yeah, so I didn't have trouble following it. But I also am not coming into it as a total X-Men noob. I have read a whole bunch of spattering of books, probably like a little over 20 trades uh, from the library okay. over the years, over the last few years. And, um, well, library and friends lending me stuff. But right. that's why I've gotten really accustomed to using Wikipedia when reading X-Men. And I don't know how <laughs> anyone read or followed X-Men before the internet because it would be impossible. Um, I'm, so, I'm so happy you said that because I remember when I first started reading X-Men, that's the only way I could keep <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, you have to. So I'm to the point where even if I haven't read books about certain characters, like uh, Rachel Gray, I don't think I've read a book with her in it, but I've read enough Wikipedia stuff at this point that I'm like, oh yeah, that's that kid from an alternate timeline. Okay, we got it. Um, yeah, sometimes yeah. Rachel Summers, but we changed the name for some reason because sometimes it's hyphenate, whatever. X-Men, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> and they're changing her super name again. Um, oh, what? They are? They it's That was in Prime, dude. They're calling her what? Uh, Prestige now or something? Crap. I don't remember. But yeah, they changed oh, her name. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I guess I skipped it. See, this is like, this is the other problem. I just have like these characters stapled in my head. And they, they can change things as much as they want, but like it's she's always going to be Rachel Gray or Rachel. Su- and I always call her Rachel Gray. I never called her Rachel Summers because I I feel like there was something that I read where she insisted on being called Gray. I don't know. She has the Phoenix Force, and it makes no sense because the Phoenix Force is supposed to be this all destructive thing. I don't know. I've read like ten plus years of X Men. I think I've read everything from two thousand onward. Um, so not 10 years, like 17 years worth of X-Men <laughs> with maybe a handful of things that I've skipped. But ultimately, I've tried to read as much as I can. I love the X-Men um, with all of my heart through the good, the very, very bad, and the okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting to, to see the way that things have evolved because they i feel like marvel has gone in waves in the in like what types of characters they want to focus on whether it's a younger group or an older group um like right now we're in this phase of younger groups they don't want to focus on the older teams so much so we're getting a lot of books with the younger groups and we saw that before um maybe i want to say like seven years ago there was a you know this new x-men academy x which is a fallout of grant morrison's new x-men which is all about adults so we saw like this big focus on the adults and then it turned into a big focus on the younger kids we had the this exiles or not exiles hellions group we had the new x-men book that was revamped by mark guggenheim like it was it's all over the place with like the age groups and but a lot of characters have stuck around from the original fallout of house of m so now i'm like getting into the whole like crazy fucking continuity (laughs) shit and so i just think that's really interesting that you've been able to keep up despite how heavy on the continuity I think Marvel has been over the last like two or three years. Um, is there anything that like, I, I, I guess, let, what's your one question about X-Men that I could maybe answer like right now if you have one like about a character or about a thing that happened or why someone is the way that they are? 
put you right know. on the, the thing, spot. I think the thing that <laughs> that I still consistently have to Wikipedia is when there's obvious allusions um, in the text to previous relationships that characters have had. Oh, okay. That I haven't read frequently. That's a thing that they don't kind of um, give you a little... Marvel's good with giving you a little summary at the beginning, right? For, you know, yeah. what you've missed. And then there some writers more than others are pretty good at um, writing it in such a way that readers like you that have a ton of knowledge get maybe more from it and more in depth, but you can still follow the storyline and enjoy it if you don't recognize all the little Easter eggs, if you will, and yeah. ties to past continuity and stuff. Um, so I frequently sit down with an X-Men book with the idea in my head just like, I'm not going to know why certain character now has this ability or that ability and like sat down with Hellcat. Oh, uh, Jubilee's a vampire. Okay, that's a thing. And just <laughs> yeah. not worry about how that happened. Yeah. Um, she also has a baby for some reason, which right? is still... Right, now she does. I'm like, wait, kind how? Of, who? Okay. Well, uh, 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 I mean, I can answer that. And that... <laughs> Jubilee, Jubilee stole a baby. Well, okay, I read um, that one. I didn't think it was the same baby. <laughs> it that is. was the X-Men book that everyone called Lady X-Men because it was like the X-Men title book, but then it was the all-female It was all team. women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it should have been what? better than it was. It is. Oh, it was exactly. really disappointing. <laughs> exactly. That book got bombarded by crossovers. And I'm so sorry for our listeners. This is me. I'm just geeking out. This is, I can't even, no, do I it. don't even feel bad. So <laughs> that, that's really, so Jubilee stole a baby at some point and she was supposed to give it back and then she never did. And then that baby came from the future and visited her what? and was like, hey, don't worry. I got it, mom. And like she cried and it was awesome because he's like Tony Stark 2.0 or something. It's crazy. The X-Men is crazy. So baby came back and said, don't give me back. No, he, I can't remember the circumstances of why, oh no, here's what it was. So, <laughs> because of the crossover Battle of the Atom, they, there were mutants from the future that came to the past because of the mutants from the past that were in the present, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a whole chain reaction of things. That's why there's the original five X-Men in the current timeline of stories. Right. So, X-Men from the future came to the past to be like, you have to fix this beast. You, these kids cannot be here. It screws everything up. And one of those people was this Tony Stark 2.0 type character who was the baby. And I can't remember what his name is. I want to say it was Shiro, but I feel like that's totally wrong. Nonetheless. It sounds right. Yeah. He he shows up and he's like, it's okay, mom. And Jubilee's like, oh, my baby boy. <laughs> and so she decides to keep him for whatever. I, like she just, I, she stole a baby. She just had a baby. And now the, we're just going to brush over that. And <laughs> just, just Jubilee's a kidnapping vampire. Okay. We love her. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah. Th- and this is the kind of stuff like I laugh about it because when I'm reading the book, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm slapping my knee laughing because of how ridiculous the book is in the moment. And even looking back on, I'm just like, how did they get away with this? Like, what editor was like, yeah, 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 Jubilee stole a baby. She's also a vampire. And, um, yeah, we're going to bring the original <laughs> five back from the past. Um, I mean, what, I, yeah. what I can't get from a marketing standpoint with Marvel right now is, like, they keep, like, their whole, we're not even going to go into their whole recent PR disaster with the leaks yeah. from their um, retailer conference. But yeah, there's been so much pressure on them from people saying we want, um, the old stuff as well as the new stuff kind of thing, like past continuing as well as mm-hmm. new kind of things. So they take the, I assumed when I read that one of their X lines was going to be the original team, that they were going to make that for old school readers kind of thing. And then I read the preview pages and it's written for like 12 year olds, 
which I mean, it's, yeah, it it's, might still be fun, it's really, but it's definitely a kids comic. Like their target demographic is definitely teenagers. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Like, why would you make like you have this per- perfect circumstance to bring back like old school X-Men basically. And instead you're like, nah, we'll hook some new readers with this. And then the new team that's like um, Kitty Pride and those guys, that'll be the one that's for older people. I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really, Their whole thing, I, I felt like X-Men Prime it felt to me exactly the way DC Rebirth issue did. Not the like yeah. all the individual Rebirth issues, but it's like definitely launching the new continuity for all these books. And then you see all the books at the end and you're like, have you ever heard the term market oversaturation? Yeah. Marvel. <laughs> well, they went from like, they went from 3 X-Men books to 5 when it makes no sense because it seemed like they were pushing the Inhumans super duper right. hard. Right. And it, it blows my mind that they're trying to launch five books. Are, are they doing this with the idea that maybe two will die out and they'll have three core books again? That's, I kind I, of wonder, if, like, are they, some of these going to be minis or maxi series? Because that would make more sense. Like, especially things like the Iceman book. Like, do I want to read about Iceman, like, adult, so this is another weird X-Men thing. Like, oh, it's adult X. Uh, Iceman who's learned things from his younger self that came to him in his timeline. Yeah. So now yeah. he's on a, like a journey of self-discovery now that he's been, right. you know, and See, he's just and like, it, that sounds fun, but is that an ongoing? Like, how right. far can you go with that without right. it turning into a team book, essentially? Like, X-Men individual books make less sense to me. But maybe that's just because I haven't read a bunch of them. Are there a bunch Are of you, them other than Logan? Like... Like do they solo usually books? have solo books for X-Men characters? So I always think of X-Men while, as a team book. Yeah, so the X-Men have been like, they kind of have always sampled with it. I think that what always happens is fans are like, I want a solo book of this character. And then that book comes mm-hmm. out and it never sells. So yeah. like Nightcrawler had, did it. there was a 12-issue series that was supposed to be an ongoing that ended up getting canceled after two arcs. Gambit's been one of those characters that's had mini series or had series of his own that always end up getting canceled in the 90s they did a four issue mini and then they did like a team-up book with wolverine and they've done you know one shot well, and deadpool and then, i guess counts but i don't well, ever it, really think of deadpool as an x-men book even right but even like i know he is like rogue had a had a solo book for a little bit that. mystique had a solo book magneto had a solo book pretty recently actually and it did pretty well um because it was just magneto killing dudes and that's like awesome <laughs> um who like, would you know, want that in their life a lot of characters have had solo books but they never really do well because i think that what makes the x-men really interesting is the They're interactions yeah. yeah it's the dynamic that really drives it so when you put wolverine and i i know it's all dudes but you put wolverine colossus and nightcrawler in a room it's just three dudes hanging out being bruisers and like trying to save the day and it's no different than when you put you know rogue rachel gray and storm in a room like it's just three ladies having like beating other people up and then like going hanging out it's 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 those types of things that we want we want that interaction mm-hmm. with these characters and so the team dynamic has always fueled the x-men but so it's it's so baffling that marvel keeps trying with these solo books because People say they want them, but that's not what they want at all. And when they do do well, like the Gambit book that I think lasted for 
16 issues or 18 issues the book the thing that sold that book was that he was constantly teaming up with people i think well, yeah like all new wolverine is great but it's because you keep seeing other x-men and stuff and because, she has yeah. all her sisters and exactly. it's still awesome it's still the dynamic like all the, the all new wolverine and the x-23 series that came before that it was mm-hmm. just it was laura kinney just teaming up with other people and for the most part in x-23 it was like her and gambit riding around on a motorcycle <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> Awesome. And Gambit being like, don't mess up your life, Sherry. And she's like, I'll do what I want. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like this is and this is what I love about this these characters. It's they they fit these weird these weird tropes and caricatures of like of comics and yet it's so good because their their whole lives are just filled with drama and, and torment and you never like you can never expect an x-men book to be too happy for too long because they are 100 percent fueled by drama and awfulness and i know right. like kate i was telling you i think before the show about god loves man kills it's a book that i've read probably a dozen times it's an old x-men book by chris claremont and that whole book is about just the absolute hatred that humans have for these mutant people and that's always been their drive you know like the people don't like them and so they get you know flack and all this stuff but in this god loves man kills you actually see it taken to the extreme and how the x-men react is like the most beautiful example of why the x-men are so great in that they say they they take that full full idea of love your enemy like to the fullest of extent even when you've got hotheads like colossus or wolverine on the team the overall mentality is despite all the awful things that these people can do to us they can never stop us from being who we are and we should be proud of who we are and that's like always rocked me to my core about this book and why i think i love them so much and now i'm like I'm ranting like a madman tearing up over here because these the x-men is like super powerful it's it's something that i always for some reason like held super strong in my heart like it's why i've been reading them for forever and like i've been always drawn to them over any other superhero group you know yeah me too and i was thinking about that when we were setting this up x-men are some of the only team books that i really like and i was thinking trying to think about why and i think a big part of that for me is they are teams that aren't just like, oh, we all have a power or ability or suit or super smart, you know, some reason that we're better than other fighters and therefore we're going to work together. They're brought together by being, they're all part of a minority group. They're And, um, and so a lot of X-Men stories are centered around that discrimination um, against X-Men which is completely inexplicable in the Marvel universe. It's like, oh, we love part, superheroes right. except for you. You this this one we're not okay with. Um but I think that's why for me it works better. That and just a lot of the characters are just more compelling for me than a lot of the other team book kind of stuff. But what what do you think? What for you sets them apart? Or are you really into other team books too? I, I've never really read any other team books outside of this one. I've, I mean, I've read Avengers and I've read some yeah. Justice League and I've read, but those I've are the never, ones that come to mind for me too. Yeah, and I, you know, I've always felt like there's an X Men character that I can relate to in some way, or that I, I can feel like or a lot of empathy for in some way, shape, or form. And even if it's Wolverine, you know, mm-hmm. a character like Wolverine does—he's he's this brute and he's got all these these. Ter- these terrible stories and like you know everything somehow he was in japan during the bombing or something like like it's all ridiculous but <laughs> you know he he does manage to have these moments where he is like an empathetic person he's trying to watch out he's like 
he wants people to experience life better than what he's had because he's seen so much. Right. And like you get totally, you can get totally invested in this emotional feeling that he has, even though he's this let's slice him up, bub. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But when you get a moment of of calm, like all of these characters just blossom, and it's beautiful because they all have very. I think that they all have a lot of very distinct personalities. And when you get the right writer, and I think that Marvel has done a good job over the last decade getting a lot of writers that know how to carry different voices and carry different like feelings through these characters so when a character is going through something really bad for a long time in a book it's very apparent like nightcrawler comes to mind for me a lot because he's one of those characters that's always struggled with how he looks and how Mm -hmm. he feels and his like religious beliefs and it's something that he he's such a dynamic character that you can't really i don't think you can find that in a lot of other comics and i'm saying this without having read everything out there because i understand that you can find a lot of this in the dc universe as well but i think that i don't know the x-men have such a broad array of characters that they can tap into that you can find someone who you can empathize with in some way whether they're struggling with anything and that's like the x-men's primary thing is there someone struggling with something and you can you can relate to that and that's what i've it's always set them apart for me well i think yeah and they're relatable because their struggles aren't all identical. I feel like in a lot of other team books, the main struggle is either someone doesn't feel good enough or is having some moral um, issue with what they're doing, like Civil War type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it feels... In, okay, a big, big huge disclaimer, because I've read not a ton of X-Men, not a ton of the other team books either, um, sure. compared to readers like yourself. But in my experience, it seems like um, other team books, the characters tend to be more two-dimensional. A lot of the characters tend to sound the same. Um, they frequently have characters that make it so that any fight when you're fighting seems like th- this isn't a real problem. This could insta be solved. Like when Superman's on a team, I'm like, okay, it's done. You're done. You don't, this doesn't exist. <laughs> like, you did it. Right, Good job. Right. Um, but X-Men doesn't just have the working relationship they have family dynamics they have Mm -hmm. um they're all kind of brought together by mutual trauma which you know they're they're outcasts from society and i think that is a more compelling reason to be fighting uh with each other and for each other and for the world than say like oh you're really good at building power suits and i can fly (laughs) (laughs) so let's team up it'll be awesome Um, that's not to say that I've loved every X book I've read or even understood. I mean, like there's definitely been the, so the bulk of my reading has been just grabbing stuff from the library and there's definitely been ones that I grabbed that I'm like, start to finish, definitely couldn't have told you what happened or why. Um, (laughs) I I think the the one that instantly comes to mind is is the, I picked up uh, Mike Carey's X-Men Legacy Aftermath and Lost Legion. And I was like, I don't even think those come back to back. And I just was, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I'm like, basically you lost your personalities and we're going and finding them. But other than that, I'm like, okay. So, okay, I can tell you a little bit about that run. Mike Carey wrote, (laughs) he wrote X-Men Legacy for like 50 or 60 issues. Um, And with that, he was telling one humongous story that was essentially a way to bring Professor Xavier down back to Earth um, in a in like a in a metaphorical way um, as a character because he was no longer leading the X Institute. 
Gambit was on the run. He just didn't couldn't be with the X-Men anymore. Rogue was in the same boat. She had led a team, and she got really mentally screwed up because of something that happened in this other arc um, that I believe Mike Carey also wrote. And in the end, his goal was to just create a love triangle between Magneto what? and Rogue and Gambit in this thing called Age of X. And he basically tried to take all of the X books and bring them all back together and say, this is the school again. This is a family again. Um because a lot of the X-Men were scattered, a lot of the stories were really disjointed, they were all over the place, and by the end of his run, he had taken everything, kind of brought it all back together, and I think if you read that whole run, you, you can see this really big story unfold, but um, having just picked up a one-off or two, <laughs> two things, you, like, you, volumes, you came into yeah. the middle of you know a seven-book series, essentially, right. um, and you picked up books two and four. Oh, I <laughs> so, would like, say lots of the pieces, really yeah. frustrating thing for those trades are they are not numbered. Right. Like, you can tell from the little thing on the back that tells you what issues are in it, but otherwise, they don't say, like, volume one, volume two, volume three. I'm like, just, ugh. I think the other one was House of M, New X-Men. I'm like, what? Who's doing what now? Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> I had, so you and I still haven't read House of M. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. because my library definitely had copies because it's in the system, but they're, like, lost or whatever. Sure. So, um, you know, library reading problems. But... So I was just so confused. I'm like, wait, he's a villain. Why is she with him? I don't. I, wait, what? <laughs> well, okay, and you know, and like in, the in your rogue defense, Magneto thing, I was like, no, stop. What? I know. Oh my gosh, the rogue Magneto relationship is like the goofiest thing it to didn't me make because any like, sense. It's so funny to me. Okay, it's so funny for like a multitude of reasons because i've seen it come up a handful of times in the books that i've read over the years and i'm like i don't understand where this is coming from and i feel like there's a bigger tie-in to like 90s comics or something when those two interacted more or something um and i know that there's like this love like the what is it, electric complex that she kind of has where he like was kind of her like he's a father figure in a way but like mm-hmm. they love each other and it's like kind of gross in that same oh aspect. that definitely was creepy same with the gene gray uh old man logan stuff in the extraordinary x-men uh yeah first arc i was like wait so we have kid gene gray and old old man logan and nope yeah they, uh, and that's the, the X-Men relationships are always kind of like, what is even happening? <laughs> unless, unless they're the, you know, my, my true OTP, which is Rogue and Gambit forever. <laughs> um, then it's not, it's not weird because they're both Southern Bells and they just want to be beautiful together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the universe just won't let them. Yeah. The universe just won't because it, it powers, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. So okay of all the x-men books that you have read i guess which one did you like the most and why because i i don't really have a particular favorite it's all my favorite i love it but i could really pinpoint something (laughs) if i have to but what of all the stuff that you've read what did you really like astonishing x-men one through four volumes one through four i mean by joss wheaton was incredible and i loved it uh some of the art in that some of the faces were pretty horrific but the story was great like beast and that i kept sending screen caps up to people because it was so funny um he went full cat yes well there's a whole there's a whole nother story Well, no, I mean, the way he drew him was way more cat-like than I had seen in other stuff. And then the whole thing with him, like, that was part of the story arc of it was him reverting to his his kitty nature. Yeah. Um, But I think that would probably be the top one off the top of my head that I really, really enjoyed. I also liked X-Men, the Brian Wood books. 
the late X-Men, but not yeah. as, like, again, they were disappointing. And my big beef with that was that they spent way too much time arguing, which is a big thing in any Ugh. superhero books, I feel like, at this point, where you have lots of female characters and, like, I don't know, what do ladies do? They sit around and argue with each other, I think, and, like, shit-talk each other. And I'm like, no, sure. stop. There, no. See, <laughs> there was, okay, I justified it a little bit at the beginning because they basically took three team leaders and put them on a team together. Yeah. So you've got, like, this dynamic of Rogue, who's a team leader, Storm, who's been, like, the ultimate team leader for a long time, and Rachel Gray, who had just come into leading a team and then a bunch of bad shit happened and then this book happened <laughs> oh the whole time i was like listen just stop stop storm has a mohawk this conversation's done I know, <laughs> like, she's obviously the leader yeah, you know clearly the leader <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so yeah it, that's and, uh, but to your point i totally agree because if you read the rest of that book that fight continues on mm-hmm. for like another 12 issues which is absurd oh i just read the first two volumes after yeah. that i was like no nah. Yeah. Got into other stuff, but. That's okay. It's something I'd definitely be willing to go back to, but it's one of, I feel like any X books, you can't just go back. Like, I tried to go back. uh, What was the one where the kids first show up from the time hop? Oh, uh, all new X Men with or Bendis. All new X-Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read volumes one and two, and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go read volume three, and then I'm like, I don't remember any of the dynamics that are going on. Like, you can yeah. remember basic plot, but like to get the like exactly what's going on and who's mad at who and this and that. Yeah, what's really, the drama like, this crap, month? I need to go back and pick up the last two volumes, like and re- at least re-skim them before I can jump back in. Yeah, yeah. So you said you can't pin any down. I am gonna ask though. Here's oh, the money pin, question. I can pin something down. Oh, I mean, don't do get it. me wrong. Do it. So my favorite book ever, I think, that I've ever read of the X-Men um, is a book called X-Men Legacy. It is by Simon Spurrier and a handful of artists. Um, but Simon Spurrier wrote for four volumes. This is not the same as Mike Carey's X-Men Legacy. Totally different story. It is a reaction series to a thing that happened called X-Men Schism and um, the AVX series that happened where Charles Xavier dies, right? And his son, David Haller, a.k.a. Legion, has been in the wind for many, many years. Okay. And we catch up with him, and he's been at this secret mountain, like, mental... Or, like, uh, it's it's like a psychic like hospital where people get fixed essentially if they've gone crazy because of their psychic powers you go there and they help you and the series picks up there he finds out his dad dies and then everything goes crazy because he's like if charles xavier's dead i'm going to fix the world unlike what my father could have done when he was alive and it's oh it is absolutely it's the most perfect book ever but it's very heavily tied into a bunch of deep roots x-men stuff so i may be biased about how awesome the book is <laughs> um but it's it's absolutely my favorite the story is the simon spurrier has a way with his writing he has this in all of his books but this book in particular the way he writes david haller's voice is so crisp in my head i can't imagine him written any other way so if he ever shows up in another book i will just throw it away if it's not even close to that voice so it's my favorite i can definitely say that nice well that sounds like one that i can't just go jump into but definitely I mean, we'll put on the radar for i almost want to like dare you to in the sense see what happens. to see what happens yeah. because maybe i'm like getting a little bit too much in my head <laughs> is, and thinking is wikipedia strong enough i don't know we'll see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, Maybe. well, here's here's the question I was going to ask. Okay, okay. Uh, moving forward, we just read X-Men Prime. There are seven new X-Books that come out of this. Which 
are you going to read? I'm going to pick up the number one for all of them. I will say that. What I continue with will most likely be X. I know, so I'm crazy. Um, but what I will most likely continue with is Generation X, X Men Blue, X Men Gold. That's those okay. are like I think solid ones in my head. I mean, one of them has Rogan Gambit. I, how can you, you uh, can't just not get that? Yeah, yeah. Rage and Cajun. Come on. Uh, but otherwise, I. I I feel like I will read all of them, the first issue, and see what hooks me. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought there was only five. There's seven books. There's seven. There's seven. There is X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, uh, Cable, the solo series, Generation X, Jean Grey solo series, Weapon X, and Iceman solo series. And that's not including the ones that are already going, like All New Wolverine and yep. Old Man Logan and all those other things. These are just the things springing out of X-Men Prime. So Right. Well, I'm definitely... I'm not reading Old Man Logan. I haven't been reading Old Man Logan, which is kind of a shame because I heard that Jeff Lemire is actually doing a really good job and Andrea Sorrentino's art is absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, I... After the movie, because the movie was super awesome and I loved it so much, I picked yeah. up the like dollar issue of Old Man Logan number one, the Bendis sure. one. And I liked it enough to go looking for it at the library to read the rest of it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's... And see, that's like almost enough for me to say. Maybe I'll try that book and like catch up in the backlog or pick up if, the trades. If nothing but, else, the art is worth going for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'll probably end up reading that Cable series. I have a... <laughs> I have a weird thing for him. That was him. the one that was like, I don't even need to bother with the number one for this. I don't, see, see, don't Cable's, care at all. Cable's been a character that I I really grew to love during... This episode's going to go long, I think. I'm, I apologize to everyone. But I, I really grew to love him when there was this series that ran called X-Force. It's called... Yeah, it's just called X-Force. There's and so many adjectives with X-Men. That was That's a whole nother episode. Ode is, Dear Mike, please explain. Of course, it doesn't count now because none of these new series are named that way. But like, what's the difference? X-Force, all, all new, uncanny, amazing. Excalibur. Yep. X-Everything. Astonishing. Yeah. They're, Extreme yeah. X-Men. That was another book. Was, <laughs> Seriously? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, Cable, Cable was a character that I really grew to love during the X-Force series because there was this event that crossed over like i'm i'm not a fan of events that cross over except for when they're x-men crossovers in which I, the case i complain but i love them all and the, all the x-men books crossed into crossed over into this thing called messiah complex and M- messiah complex with a capital x at the end by the way of course and because it's x-men in case you is, forgot yeah and so this is the book where hope who is a now a more modern character and she's in the generation x book that's coming out she's like the lead she's got a she's a redhead and everyone's like oh is she gene gray is she connected to the phoenix force what's her power source no one knows it doesn't make any sense but she was born and that's what's important because she was the first mutant born after house of m in which all the mutant genes were disappeared except for the 198 characters uh, or x-men that had survived right. and it just happened to be all your favorite characters um so she's <laughs> what born and what, and what ends up happening is cable steals the baby and says i have to take her to the future where no one can hurt her because in my timeline because cables from the future because it's x-men right no new mutants were born and that was like a problem or she was the savior in the future or something like that i can't remember um so he takes her into the future and there's this whole storyline of him raising this baby thousands of years in the future because his time machine thing that he has breaks on the way so he can only travel further into the future he can never travel back so he's trying to get to a point where he can find a way to get back 
and that book is the best like father daughter series you could ever read it like my heart just grew three times reading that book because it's this little girl and she idolizes this guy he's this big brute who's seen all the bad things and he just wants to take care of her i i love it i have like a whole thing for like father son father daughter like just parental stories that's that's a big thing in the x-men is you get lots of family relations like the brother sister stuff too is can be super heart-wrenching yeah and so i will definitely be trying this cable book see (laughs) the stuff i've read with him is definitely like i'm huge and i've got a gun and i'm like no I mean, yes, that is that is cable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's less compelling for me. Yeah, well, okay, okay. I think on that note, we probably will have to pick this up again once we've read some of these books. Well, no, hold on a second, Kate. Wait, no, no. Oh. We, before we leave, what are you okay. going to try out of oh, all of those seven ooh. books? Uh, I, what's, is it, which one's the one with Kitty Pride as the leader? Is that gold or blue? It's one of those two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely I, I one of them, guys. I don't have to track because I'm going to read them all. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I, just eyeballing it, it looks like it's, crap, internet, you're failing me. I don't know. It's one of them. Anyway, okay. that's the one I want to check out. Um, okay. And then Kitty, I might. Kitty Pride's the best. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. I might pick up the first Jean Grey issue and see <gasps> see how that goes. Oh, boy. She's my okay. second favorite, so I don't know. It depends on who writes her for if it's good or not. I get real tired of the I'm a lady character who can't control my mind powers because I'm so emotional. Right. And if it's one of those things, I'm like, nope, I'm out. That happens to Jean yeah. Grey and Storm, and, very, and whenever that's the arc, I'm like, nope, can't handle it. Yeah, um, I agree. So we'll see. The rest of them, like, I read the preview pages for the one that's the original kid characters, and it didn't grab me at all so yeah i'm on the fence it saves money it saves money it's helpful when you can narrow it down like that and maybe that's the point of them rolling out a billion books is that none of them are targeted at the same people but then they should maybe not complain when not all of them get bought by everyone so (laughs) who knows right right well we'll see i'm i'm regardless i'm happy to just have more x books i just want them to be good this time (laughs) yeah it's it's sad to me when people read in in any franchise that I like, when they're like, oh, I don't like that thing, and then you find out it's because they read a really crappy version, and you're like, I'm right. so sorry that happened to you, and that was your experience, and let me please help you. Right, uh, so right. I looked it up. Rachel Gray's new code name is Prestige, because Prestige. we're looking to the future, Mike. We're looking to the future. We can't be tied to the past. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Seriously, uh, that's the rationale just, given. Kitty Pride's love, like, you need a new name because we're not going backwards, we're going forwards. I love that because I guarantee you in the first two arcs, they're going to throw some like, oh, a villain from the past mm-hmm. at the story. So you let me know, Kate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but see, when it's like, oh, it's a villain from the past, that's often one of those things that goes over my head. I'm like, oh, what are these crazy new robots out to kill them? <laughs> you know, like... Uh, so. Technically, Kate, those robots have been around since the mid-70s. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, good. Then we will we will have to do a follow-up episode then For to sure. talk about all of this because there's at least four or five episodes worth of content here, I think. so. Uh, <laughs> I think that's maybe underestimating it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, underestimating it. You, you could probably do minisodes on your own with this. Just just yeah. send you a, email you a question and away Mike goes. Oh goodness, Mike's <laughs> X corner. That's what it would end up being. It's uh, I don't want to do that to anybody. So. <laughs> 
Kelly's just like, yes, give him an outlet. Make it stop. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that to her either. <laughs> <sighs> well, it's been good talking to you about this. Yeah, Definitely. this is... I have so many other thoughts now. Now I'm going to have to oh, like write sure. an essay. Just, ugh, okay. Thanks, Kate. Look what you did. <laughs> now I'm all in my head. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the I Read Comic Books podcast. This episode was produced by me, Mike Rappin, with editing by Xander Riggs. Special thanks to Kate Scotchless. The music in this episode is brought to you by our favorite band in the universe, Infinity Shred. You can find Infinity Shred at infinityshred.com, as well as on Bandcamp at infinityshred.bandcamp.com. If you enjoy the show, tell someone about it. Rate us online. Write to us. You can email the show at ircb at destroythesive.org, and if you want to talk comics with us, find the I Read Comic Books group on Goodreads. We have a monthly book club that we feature here on the show, and we have regular threads about what comics we've been reading. You can ask us questions and comment on each episode at our subreddit, ireadcomicbooks.reddit.com. The entire podcast team is on Twitter, and you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast for updates and ridiculous retweets. But a great way to experience the podcast, including our back issue bin of episodes and our weekly pull list posting, is to visit us at our website. It's brand spanking new and it's at a new domain, ircbpodcast.com. Until next time, from all of us here at the show, thank you for listening.